how's it going? This is Ashley Daily Encouragement. I hope you guys are enjoying the Life Coaching Series. You guys, this is the first time I've ever, ever done anything like this, you guys. I'm doing my absolute best to walk you guys through the process that I went through to get out from underneath shame and to start really walking in um, who God created me to be and, you know, allow my my purpose and my skills and my talents and the things that I want to do come out of come out of my life and so um I don't know what you guys are expecting but I hope that you guys are getting some value out of it it's not going to be perfect it's not going to be communicated clearly there's probably some things that you still don't know and you know what we're not even you guys we're just now starting this thing right but um you know you're probably going to have questions and all this kind of stuff and as I told you guys before doing um, a life coach series through a podcast for me is a little bit trickier because, um, you know, I don't know your guys's barriers. I don't know what you guys are struggling with. You know, I don't know what's keeping you from moving forward and the things you want to do. Ultimately, only you know that. And I want to just help you guys really see that you don't need somebody else to fix you. If that makes any sense, you just need to be aware of yourself, your emotions, you know, really where you're, where you're at and be able to acknowledge that and take it before the Lord and, um, really ask him to, you know, give you the courage you need, get the healing you need in those four areas we talk about all the time and put relationships in your life that, you know, you can do this journey with as far as, um, you know, getting out from underneath shame and and stepping into your God-given purpose, you know, being with people that you can actually wash your feet with, if you get what I'm saying, when Jesus washed all the disciples' feet, you know, that was a symbol of, you know, look, it doesn't matter where you've been, you all have to be washed. Uh, Jesus wasn't sitting there talking about all the different sins that he was washing them from. They all knew where they'd been, right? You know where you've been, you know where you're at. You don't need anybody on the outside world to tell you that. You just have to get comfortable in your own skin because at the end of the day, you are your biggest enemy anyway. So if you can begin to look at yourself a little more soberly, um, a little more objectively, um, you know, that's that's going to be empowering for you, right? And no one else, and you're not going to rely on the outside world to tell you what to do and how to do it and all this kind of stuff because you're going to be able to trust the voice that's inside of you. The Holy Spirit is in you. God wants you to grow in your ability to become firm, secure, and steadfast. His grace is supposed to produce that. And so, um, you know, that's that's the interesting thing about trying to do this podcast is trying to communicate all these things to you guys. And so I, I hope and pray that it encourages you and inspires you. It gives you some tools and that you guys can grow from this in tremendous ways and, uh, you know, really, really begin to tap into your full potential. So last week, you guys, we talked about you know, um, what is life coaching? Okay. We talked about the characteristics of someone who can transform. That was kind of a two day series. And then the last day we talked about vulnerability and what that is, you know, to be vulnerable means to be open to attack. Um, to be vulnerable just means to feel right. Your ability to feel your emotions and experience them for what they are. Um, and so we talked about that on the podcast, uh, today, you guys, I wasn't too sure, you know, where to take it next. I mean, I have an idea, but I don't want to miss anything, if that makes sense. I'm, I want to really kind of dive into the things that I had to realize myself before I was able to do this. So you guys are going to have to be patient, okay? Uh, transformation and change. I mean, wouldn't it be nice if it was just boom like that, but it's not like that. You guys are, we're all layered individuals. There's certain things that you just got to work through that you just got to get comfortable with. 
Um, if you've been denying your emotions for X amount of years, you got to get comfortable with facing them, right? And facing them with God's grace. And, uh, you know, like I said, just getting more comfortable with yourself in this way. Um, because a lot of people struggle with feeling their emotions. And when they feel certain things, they run to objects or, you know, um, things on the outside of them in, in, in a kind of more harmful way, right? If you don't want to feel something, it's like you don't want to feel something. So you're trying to feel something else. We talked about that in that podcast. Anyway, so I was, I was thinking about it today and I was like, okay, you know, I watched the power of vulnerability and learned what to be vulnerable was how to, how, you know, what courage meant you guys. I don't know if I talked about that in the last, in the podcast that dropped on the 23rd, but, uh, to, to have courage, I guess she was saying the Latin word for courage is cur, and it means to tell. So you tell your whole story with your whole heart, right? So that means that is the original definition of courage. And so, um, I was like, okay, courage, vulnerability. And then she talked about shame. And you guys, I've talked about that many times in the podcast, but I wanted to share with you guys something that I was thinking about that I was like, you know, Lord, I think this is important for us to understand where did shame even come from? So I'm going to do my best today, you guys, to talk about where shame even came from, especially from a Christian perspective, because um, if you, when you read Genesis, it says they were naked and they felt no shame. And when you read Brene Brown's books, she says shame is, is a primitive human emotion. There's not a human being on the planet who doesn't, who never feels shame. If you don't feel shame, then you've lost your ability to connect with people. You lose all capacity to have empathy and uh, that kind of thing. And you're obviously in denial if you, you know, want to live like you have no shame. So, um, but I'm not talking to in denial people, right? If y'all are in denial, that's going to, that's something y'all got to work through because you're not, you're not going to. You know, whatever you expect from going through this life coaching process, if you are in any type of state of denial emotionally or uh, the outcomes of your life you're not happy with, if you're in any type of denial, this podcast is not going to help you. I'm just going to tell you that right now, like straight up. If you're not willing to face yourself in this way, then you're going to be you're going to be super frustrated. So you have to be willing to go there with yourself. You got to be willing to be real with yourself, you guys. So I want to pray really quick and then I want to walk you guys through kind of my thoughts with where where I believe shame, shame, how it was formed. And, um, I think it's really important to understand that you guys, because this is always going to be something that you're always going to struggle with. Um, it's not necessarily struggle with, you have to learn how to manage it. Okay. Let's put it that way and manage it in a healthy way, not a destructive way. Like most people do like get caught up in addiction and and that kind of thing. And, and, you know, go put up the vote put up the armor, you know, they don't want to be vulnerable. They don't want to feel anymore. They don't want to show themselves. They walk around all guarded, right? Um, we have to learn how to manage the, the things that go on, you know, manage ourselves in such a way so we can handle it, but we don't use the same, uh, uh, what would you say? The same protection mechanisms we might have used to protect ourselves from feeling, right? Um, if you, you know, maybe used addiction because you were feeling a certain way, you know, you're not going to go back to addiction. You're going to learn to face it and say, okay, what do I need? What's going on with me? What am I feeling? You know, you're going to start, you're going to learn to question yourself in that way. Right. Instead of when someone hurts you, you guard yourself off from people and and cut yourself off from uh, belonging and connection. Um, you know, instead of that being your natural response, you know, you're just going to learn how to set up boundaries with people and learn how to set limits on evil. Right. So learning how to uh, have a different relationship with the things that made you feel like you needed to numb yourself and the things that made you feel like you had to hide yourself, just changing your way of responding to those things. So anyway, you guys, let's go ahead and pray and we'll jump into the podcast. So. Uh, Father God, thank you for this day. 
Thank you, Lord, for all the people in the world, God, who are listening to this podcast all over, all across the world, Lord. It's pretty amazing, God. And I just thank you for every single person, Lord, that is giving me their time. Um, Lord, I pray that you would unleash, you know, your grace into their life, God. I pray that people would learn to love and rely on the love that you have for them and the grace you have for them, God. Lord, let us see ourselves like soberly, you know, let us see the areas of our life where shame has us buried deep. You know, those places of our life where we believe we're not worthy of love and belonging because of insert here. Lord, give us the courage we need to face ourselves, to be sober with ourselves in this way, to not be in denial. God, give us the ability to take full responsibility for our lives, the things that have hurt us, you know, to realize that we can't set limits on evil. We don't have to consistently be doormats for people and be taken advantage of. Um, Lord, that we can feel our emotions in a healthy way. We don't have to run to food or alcohol or drugs or sex or bad relationships or whatever we do to try to not feel certain emotions we don't want to feel and try to feel better when ultimately God, you know, we're just running from reality, Lord. So forgive us for running from our reality. Lord, help us to see that you've given us a solution through Christ to help us deal with those things that we run from. Uh, Lord, that you have a plan for us still, that you did not take away uh, the job you had for us, Lord, you know, um, Adam and Eve still had kids and they still had a job to do. So help us realize that we still have a job to do. You know, uh, we still have responsibilities regardless of how we feel and, uh, that you have already, you've already covered us, Lord, um, and given us practical wisdom for the areas of our life, Lord, that would make us feel shame, God, that there's wisdom to be had there's grace and there is um redemption lord so i just pray for that god for every single person listening to this podcast um and myself that this will continually be something that i grow and develop in and uh god you will continue to redeem us from all areas of shame in our life god so we can move forward so we thank you god we love you so much and we just pray all these things in jesus name okay you guys so we talked about what it means to be vulnerable right your ability to feel okay so you got to be vulnerable And you've got to understand your emotions, you guys. And as I told you when I started this journey that I had never, I didn't even know it meant what vulnerable even meant, you guys. And that's really sad, right? But for me, in the environment I was in, nobody was talking about this kind of stuff. You know, um, the church wasn't even talking about it, right? Um, The church talked about uh, sin and how bad it was, but no one talked about you know, uh, be vulnerable, being vulnerable with each other, sharing God's grace in its various forms, being real, being authentic, being transparent. Um, no one, you know, we didn't relate to each other without condemnation, right? Pointing out our wrongs and then punishing each other or you're disobedient or the judgments we'd make, you know, we had a very, uh, judgmental and condemning environment. And if you have been in that yourself, you're not, it's going to be really difficult for you to to face yourself in this way, you guys. But anyway, so being vulnerable, your ability to, to feel. And what did it say in the garden before Adam and Eve sinned? They were naked and they felt no shame. So I was like, you know, Lord, how did shame even come about? Like, let's talk about it, Lord. Like, we need to understand this as human beings because obviously this is something that we all feel and it impacts our lives massively when we don't deal with it, when we don't face these things, you know? Um, when we don't face the things that make us feel like we're unworthy of connection. And so you guys, um, I'm going to go ahead and look through my notes really quick. So let's talk about how shame is formed in our lives. You guys, I'm going to read over my notes I took this morning because there's a lot here and I'm just going to walk you guys through my, th- my thought process. So number one, let's, you know, what is shame? It's that feeling that we are faced with 
and uh, that we are flawed and unworthy of love, love and belonging. You guys, I got that definition from reading um, uh, Daring Greatly from Brene Brown. Uh, she, her work has completely changed my life, you guys. Uh, she's a shame researcher. You know, she grew up in the church. She's had experiences, you guys. She's got, she's got a relationship with the Lord, and I really believe the Lord is using her uh, to bring more awareness to this thing that we call shame. And uh, you know, I think from the Christian perspective, being that it says in the Bible they were naked and felt no shame, I think we need to pay attention to that. So she was saying, shame is the intensely painful feeling or experience of believing that we are flawed and therefore unworthy of love and belonging. Keywords there, you guys. Feeling, believing, and uh, unworthy. Okay? So, shame will make you... Uh, you're going to have painful feelings. You're going to believe that you're unworthy of love and un- unworthy of love and belonging. So, ask yourself questions right now. What areas of your life are you experiencing that? Okay? Where do you have painful feelings? Okay? Number one. And... Where are you believing that you're flawed and therefore unworthy of love and belonging? I want you to take notes of that right now. You got to start pinpointing this stuff, you guys. She said shame hates to have words wrapped around it because it, you start to bring light to something. It starts to unravel itself, okay? So then that's my goal here is to give you guys words to things that you're experiencing because no, I didn't have words for these things. I knew I was feeling this, but I didn't know what it was, all right? So she gave that definition of shame. And so let's go back to the garden, right? Adam and Eve had the knowledge of God. And he, and they were living in paradise, right? Uh, they were, they were living out what God created them to do. You know, Adam was living out what he created to do. Then woman came along and Adam has a, a, a suitable helper. This suitable hel- helper also needs the knowledge of God, right? And that was what, that was the other thing too. Adam had the knowledge of God. God had told him, Hey, you're free to eat from any tree in the garden. You know, let's go back to what he said. Exactly. The Lord took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. And the Lord commanded the man, you are free to eat from any tree in the garden, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat from it, you will certainly die. So he had that knowledge. He wasn't tripping, right? He was still living in paradise. All right. So now, so the woman came along, came along and Adam has a suitable helper. This suitable helper also needs the knowledge of God. Now, who told Eve what she knew? Okay. Um, it doesn't say exactly, but you can tell by her response that some of what she said was elaborated on by how she responded to the serpent. We'll get into that now. Now, you know, the telephone game, right? The more people that get involved, the more mishearing happens, right? The more people that you tell one thing to this person and this thing to this person. And by the end of the, by the end of the line, there's all kinds of miscommunication. Okay, but let's look at the garden as like a, a, a line of telephone. Okay, so now the serpent enters the scene, right? So we've got Adam with the knowledge of God. Eve gets created. She's got a certain knowledge. And then the serpent enters and he's got a certain knowledge of God. So first off, do you really think it was a coincidence that the serpent went to the woman? Okay. Who did God um, speak to uh, regarding his commands? Eve hadn't been created yet. Who did God talk to first? It says he talked to the man, right? Adam, Eve had not been created when God had given Adam the command. All right. And if you read Genesis and stuff, you guys will see that yourselves. So the serpent under the influence of, what does this say? I can't read my own handwriting. <laughs> okay. The serpent under the influence of Satan 
had already had experiences with God. From what I had heard, but I have not researched on my own, Satan had uh, tried to rise up before God and establish his throne. God booted him out. You guys, I've heard that story. You know, the great war in heaven. Okay. Um, I've read a couple scriptures in Isaiah. I've read some scriptures here and there, but you know, I don't know exactly, you know, I, I have not read in the Bible exactly where it talks about this because there's a lot of prophecy in it. There's a lot of things that are going to happen. And then it jumps back to think, you know, so there's a lot of things that I'm still trying to understand you guys, but from what I've heard, and if you guys have this information, you guys can go ahead and send it to me on anchor. There's like a record button. You can send me a recorded message saying, Hey, Ashley, this is where the story of the great war in heaven is or whatever. If you guys have information, please feel free to share it. I think it's really important um, to not be ignorant on these things, but I'm only going by from what I've heard. Okay. Telephone game again. Right. But if that story is true, if that story is true, as far as this great war in heaven and then Satan rising up against God and then God kicking him out, this is super relevant. Okay. To the thing that's happening in the garden. All right. So God ended up booting him out, him and his, his, his minions. Right. So being, he had been kicked out of heaven. He had experiences with God that Adam and Eve were not aware of. Okay. This is why questioning is so powerful. When in the wrong hands, it can lead to massive manipulation and accusation, all right? I don't think Adam and Eve had the knowledge of Satan and the great war in heaven and him getting kicked out and rising up against God and then coming down on the earth and um, all these kinds of things, right? So they, I don't think they had that knowledge. So, and like I said, it's not a coincidence he comes to the woman. He said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? The woman said to the serpent, We may eat from the trees in the garden, but God did say, You must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of the garden, and you must not touch it, or you will die. You will not certainly die, the serpent said to the woman, for God knows when you eat from it, your eyes will be opened, and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Okay? So, now, God knows the evil of rebellion, right? Satan has done it. God's aware of these things. Satan's aware of these things, but Adam and Eve are not. Now, when God created the trees, let's go back to that one. Before Adam and Eve were created, okay, when God created the trees, they were trees that were pleasing to the eye and they were good for food. Okay. This was the criteria put on all of them by God. Now, and that's the funny thing, right? When you, when you read the account in Genesis and it says that, when the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom. When you go back up to good for food and pleasing to the eye, a lot of people take that as if it was some like evil desire that she had. But when you guys go back to chapter two, when God created them, it says in chapter two, Genesis two, nine, the Lord God made all kinds of trees grow out of the ground, trees that were pleasing to the eye and good for food. Okay. In the middle of the garden, were the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil. So when God made all the trees, they were all, even the tree of knowledge of good and evil was pleasing to the eye and good for food. So that was the only criteria that Eve had for eating any of the trees because they were all, they were all um, pleasing to the eye and good for food. Every single one of them, including the tree of knowledge of good and evil. Okay. So we have to remember that, that she was only going by the knowledge that she had. And it was the same it was the same criteria as the other trees she could eat from. However, the only difference was it was uh, it was desirable for wisdom, 
now. The only wisdom she lacked at that time was the revelation of who she was made in the image of God. Did it not already say when God created mankind? In the beginning here it says, So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God he created them. Male and female he created them. So the only wisdom that she lacked was the revelation and really understanding. She was already made in the image of God. She didn't need to eat from the tree to have that knowledge. She already was the like the fruit of that, right? Like the epiphany of it. She was already, you know, made in the image of God perfectly. She didn't need any other knowledge besides the knowledge that God had given to her, right? But here's here's that manipulation thing that the serpent was doing, right? Um so desirable for wisdom. So the only wisdom she lacked was the revelation that she was already made in the image of God. And the other thing was they forgot that they were made in the image of God. Part of that included they were made to rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Now, it says the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals um, that the Lord God had made. So Adam and Eve had two things that they had forgotten. Number one, they were already made in the image of God. That's what it says, okay? Uh, And number two, God created them for the purpose of, as it says here in Genesis 1.26, he goes, then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his image. Okay, so that was their job. They were to, uh, they were already made in the image of God and they were to rule over all the creatures of the ground, including the wild animals. Okay, now the serpent is, as it says in chapter three, that the serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals the Lord God had made. Okay, so now you've got this wild animal speaking to Adam and Eve, giving them knowledge of God. And that's the same one that they're supposed to be ruling over. Okay, so think about that for a minute. All right. So the knowledge they had was to rule over the knowledge of the creature. Was to rule over the knowledge of the creatures. All right. Um, No one, and that's the thing. Uh, Adam and Eve were created to rule over the created things. That list I just gave you guys. Now, when the thing that they're supposed to rule over, this wild animal that they're commanded to rule over, comes to them with knowledge, it's 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 kind of funny that no one ever even asked where this guy, where the where this creature had gotten their knowledge, right? The serpent in particular, where did he get his knowledge from, right? So they're gonna answer to the thing they're supposed to rule over, okay? So you guys, God's knowledge is sufficient, right? Beware of anyone who would tell you that it's not. God's knowledge he had given to them. You're free to eat from any tree. Just don't eat from this tree, from the knowledge of good and evil. And it's still like that today. Look, we, the trees, we've already been eaten, done, eat from the tree, knowledge of good and evil. Okay? But you still, but God did not take, but God did not take away their responsibility to rule and subdue at the same time. They still had to rule over the creation, over the creatures of the ground, the animals. That was still their job. God never took that away from them. Right? It was just going to be a little more difficult. That's all. Uh, women were going to have pain during childbirth and men were going to have to, by the sweat of their brow, get food, right? Thorns and thistles, okay? It's not going to be easy to survive now. All right, so God's knowledge is sufficient. Beware of anyone who would tell you it's not. Also, 
when God said that let us make mankind in our image um, in, a, in our likeness so that they may rule over it doesn't say rule over your own your own mankind uh, mankind wasn't created to rule over other mankind mankind is to rule itself with the knowledge of God okay um, we're supposed to be subjected to him and then the creatures are subject to mankind okay um, what does that say not vice versa we, the animals are not supposed to be in control of us y'all we are supposed to be ruling and subduing and we are not supposed to be ruling over each other so beware of anyone who thinks that the knowledge they have of you is greater than what you know of yourself that's what i'm trying to tell you guys to be more self-aware you have to be in control of yourself or you're gonna be manipulated manipulated by people who know things that you don't know and you're not aware of that that is the that is the that is the sauce of manipulation all right i'm gonna use the knowledge i have against you because you don't have the knowledge I have. That's manipulation, you guys. So, we were not to eat from the tree of knowledge of good and evil, but you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And for when you eat, you will certainly die. Uh, the only one who has the knowledge of evil was God and the serpent. Satan knew the consequences of going against the knowledge of God. He experienced it and he figured it out, right? Um, and we should too. Now, going to the source and that's the other thing um with this knowledge that we have right um the serpent didn't go to the source he didn't go to adam obviously he already knew that you know he already knew that um that god had spoken to adam he didn't go to adam he didn't go to the source you guys we have to go to the source from the knowledge that we have when someone comes to you with some type of knowledge go to the source right go to the source of the one who gave it to you all right, this is why it's vital. It helps with accountability, right? And it minimizes manipulation and protects relationships. So anyway, let's go back to shame. How did it enter? When the knowledge of God was transgressed, okay? God is good and when he speaks, it's only good and it produces only good. This knowledge was transgressed by Eve through the manipulation of the serpent. Now, what happened when knowledge outside of Eve uh, of God was transgressed? Yeah, what happened when the knowledge outside of God was transgressed? The eyes of them, of both of them, were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. They thought being naked was a problem, but they were naked and felt no shame before knowledge outside of what God had said entered the scene. Okay? They were naked the whole time and felt no shame. Now all of a sudden they eat from this tree... So they saw that they're naked and start covering themselves. So they thought that them being naked was the problem. They didn't realize it was them transgressing against the knowledge of God. That is how shame entered the scene, right? Going against the knowledge of God. So how did that how did that impact their relationship, right? When when uh, they ate from the tree and they went against the knowledge of God, and, and all of a sudden shame's coming into the game. How did the serpent? How did that impact their relationship? They hid from God among the trees. How many people are hiding from God these days? Are you hiding from God? If you're a human being and you're hiding from God or you're or you have this idea of God like where you know he's like so distant and, and separate from you, um, I can guarantee you're under shame in your life, period. That is that is one that is one indicator right there. Just like with Adam and Eve, right? So ask yourself, are you hiding from God right now? Who told you that? Who told you that you could live this life hiding from God? Who told you that God would not forgive you and cover you like he did Adam and Eve? 
right? Who told you that God was going to just leave you um, in the dust, right? Who told you these things? You need to start paying attention to yourself and start paying attention to the knowledge you're living by. Because if you're not paying attention to the knowledge you're living by, you're going to continually find yourself in a downward spiral and you're going to blame God and everybody else except for you taking captive your thoughts and realizing the knowledge that you were entertaining that led to that outcome. If Adam and Eve would have paid attention and said, wait a second, that's what it was. I went against what you told me to do. It wasn't because I was naked. It was because you told me not to eat from the tree. I could eat from any other tree. And I heeded knowledge outside of that from some created thing that I'm supposed to rule over. And all of a sudden I'm, I'm kicked out. Right. But notice how God handled them. And, and I'm not going to get into that right now. You guys, that's a whole nother podcast. You guys have already heard me talk pl- about that plenty. I just want to finish this up. You guys, I only got like two minutes. So how did that impact their relationship? Right. They hid from God among the trees. They blamed each other. Y'all ever blame somebody for something, for some outcome in your life? Instead of being responsible for the knowledge you're entertaining, you say, oh, so-and-so made me do it, right? Is that really how you guys want to live your life is underneath that blame? You guys, you know what? I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to stop this recording really quick and I'm going to record one more small segment and then we'll jump right back into the podcast, you guys. We're going to get back into how did shame impact their relationships, you guys. I'm going to stop it right here and I'm going to do another small recording, you guys. So don't just hold on tight. We'll be right back. All right, you guys, I am back. Second half of this episode really quick, you guys. It shouldn't take me too long, but I didn't want to, you know, leave you hanging on this last part here because I think this is super important. So how did that impact their relationship? They hid from God among the trees, right? So ask yourself the question today. Are you hiding from God? Who told you that? Who told you that you could not be forgiven by God? Who told you that what God said as far as I didn't come into the world to, uh, to condemn the world, but to save the world through him, through Jesus Christ? Who told you that that was a lie? You need to start scrutinizing the people and that you're listening to, that you're letting rule your life, that were never intended to rule your life. God never said man rules over man. He said man rules over creation, rule over the beasts of the field, the fish of the sea, the animals in the air, rule over that. But that's it. God expects man to rule himself and to be underneath of him, under his knowledge, self-control, right? Taking full responsibility for your life. That's what's supposed to be happening here. So if you're hiding from God, who told you that? And what's the other effect of shame being present, right? Uh, Blaming, blaming. What happened here in the garden? What happened when uh, God questioned him? And notice how God approaches him. He goes, where are you? Isn't that pretty cool how God doesn't just start attacking him straight up? He just asked the question, where are you? You know when your relationships are disconnected. You know when people aren't connecting with you the way that they used to. You know, where did you go? What happened? Right? God asked the question. So then Adam goes, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked. So I hid. And he said, who told you that you were naked? Right? How He's asking, how did you come to those conclusions? Oh, have you eaten from the tree that I commanded you not to eat from. God asked him straight up. The man said, the woman you put here with me, she gave me some fruit from the tree and I ate it. He didn't take full responsibility for the outcome. He didn't take full responsibility for, wait a minute. Yeah, I did. God, you're the one who told me all this. And yeah, I, uh, I completely uh, dropped the ball. Yeah, Lord, that's what happened. Right. He goes, now the woman, (laughs) then the Lord said to the woman, what is, the, what is this you've done? 
she goes, the serpent deceived me and I ate. Right? So instead of them taking responsibility for the knowledge they already had, because like, let's go back. When Adam, when the serpent had questioned and said, did God really say? What did Eve say? What did Eve say? How, what was her response? She goes, um, okay, let's go back to chapter three, Genesis three. The woman said to the serpent, we may eat from the trees in the garden. But God did say, you must not eat from the tree that is in the middle of it, and you must not touch it, or you will die. So, why didn't they already heed the knowledge that they had? Okay, Adam didn't even say nothing. He's just sitting there like, uh... You know what I mean? You know, I've always wondered that about men in the way. Like, and sorry, bros. Like, no disrespect to any man listening to this podcast, but for real. Like, think about that within your own self, right? From a woman's perspective... For you know, uh, if uh, if I say something to somebody, right? If I say no, this is what it was, and then somebody comes at me and says no, that's not true. That can make me feel like, wow, Ashley, you really don't know what the heck you're talking about. Do do men go through that, right? It doesn't say Adam's response here; it just says he straight up blanked, right? You don't really know what Adam is thinking, and so I think that's an interesting thing to ask men out there: is you know, how do you respond? to those kinds of questions yourself. You know, what keeps you from speaking up? Like, seriously, you guys, we got we to gotta talk about this. Um, obviously, too, because, you know, these days, especially men, um, you know, are getting their role that they play is being massively degraded. And, uh, you know, so I think it's important that we, that we talk about these things. You know, men got to ask themselves the question, okay, why don't I speak up? Why do I just kind of let things happen, right? Ask yourself, you guys, seriously, and there's no shame. It's just to bring awareness to the situation. So you can be like, you know what? I got I got a role to play in this. Like we need the men out there to speak up. Like seriously, because obviously women get taken advantage of and manipulated. Look what the serpent did to the woman, right? I mean, and the woman didn't trust herself enough. Oh, it says, oh, when she saw it was pleasing to the eye. Okay, cool. You know, that's what all the other trees are like and desirable for gaining wisdom. Okay, I'm not going to walk in the revelation that I'm already made in the image of God. And I'm supposed to rule over this created thing that's telling me to go against the knowledge of God, right? No, they didn't operate that way. But you guys, we still have to today. That's our responsibility. So we've got to understand ourselves in this way. How do we respond when we're challenged by things on the outside that would challenge the knowledge that we have within ourselves? Right? How do you respond to that? you got to pay attention to yourself that way. So women, how do you respond when what you know to be true, that someone passed down to you, maybe somebody told you something, your husband, and then you've got somebody on the outside saying, Mm-mm, that's not how it is. Basically, it's full of crap right? Um, we've got to work on that connection right there. You know, husband wife relationship needs to be a little more secure. Look, we can learn a lot from the garden. We have no excuse. Now we know that God will cover us. God will, God will question you. He'll help you understand why you were thinking the way you were thinking that led to those outcomes in your life that you don't desire. But then now you got to start repairing the trust in your relationships. You know, the, at the husband wife relationship has to be repaired. Right? I mean, God God spoke to the man. There's a reason why God spoke to, to man at first. You know, I don't know what the function of that is. Men, that's for you to figure out. Right? Why why did God talk to Adam first? Adam wasn't around. There's a certain authority that God has given a man that a man's got to stand back up and walk in the authority and not, not abuse it like we've seen men do. Right? And no disrespect to the men. I know that there's women out there that are completely abusive just like a man could be at times. I'm just saying, you know, if we go back, okay, God spoke to Adam. There was, so Adam plays a special role. The woman comes alongside the man. Um, it sounds like uh, Eve was happy to help help Adam do whatever. 
she was living by the knowledge just fine. It's just, I wonder what happened there when she's standing there with him. Adam's not saying anything. And then, uh, so Eve's like, okay, well, I'll tell you what I know. And then this person outside of them is saying, no, that's not what it is. And then Adam is still silent, right? So, you know, how, do, how does a man take his hand off his mouth these days too? Like, let's, we got to talk about it, you guys. Seriously. I mean, we, we need the men to, uh, you know, take their, their responsibility and the role that they play. And, uh, you know, because like I said, women can be manipulated, you know, by, by uh, people. And uh, we got to learn to discern that in our life when we got manipulation going on and, uh, you know, the silent treatment, we got to address that. So I digress, you guys. But just looking at those patterns, right? We got to we got to be aware of how they're still present in our own lives because there's nothing new under the sun. Okay, so blame, right? They blamed each other. Here was the other thing that I thought was interesting. Notice that God didn't even question the serpent because he had no authority. Think about that. God didn't question the serpent and say, what is it you've, this you've done? He only asked Adam and Eve because they were the ones that were supposed to rule over the serpent that deceived them, over the created thing, right? So ask yourself that question, you guys, you know, and think about that. You know, God just straight up cursed him. He had no authority, you know, but we have authority and are we walking in it? Are we walking in the authority that God has given to us, you guys? I want you to think about that today. Um, are you letting the shame of you living apart from the knowledge of God keep you down. You know, and that's understandable. Okay. How many people these days don't have the knowledge of God or they have knowledge of God and it's completely misconstrued to who God is, right? A lot of people see God as this tyrant. He's a bully. He's this, he's that. And so, you know, they don't think they can approach God, but notice how God approached Adam and Eve in the garden. You guys, he didn't straight up condemn him. He just started asking him questions. He goes, who told you that? Where'd you get that from? Oh, did you go against the knowledge I gave you? That's the problem. But it says that he covered them still. Because guess what? They still had a job to do. It says that they covered them with animal skin. Animal skin is a lot more practical wisdom, y'all. How do you think a fig leaf is going to hold up when you're working out in the field? But I mean, let's 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 think about that. Man was created to work the ground, do all this kind of stuff. And I know we don't live in a farming uh you know, culture anymore or whatever. I know that there's still farmers out there. Thank God for that. Like, seriously, you guys, we need people out there farming. Thank God for the farmers that, you know, make our, our vegetables and fruit for us. Um, you know, but I, my parents never did anything like that, you know? And so anyway, you guys, the point is they still had a job to do They, you know, and God gave them practical wisdom for the thinking they had that led them to being kicked out of the garden, right? The consequences, oh, snap dang it, that's not what I wanted to happen, right? God is still with us in that. He still covered him. He still gave him animal skin. And he he was hoping that they would understand that it was when they went against his knowledge that led to that outcome. So figure out in your life, where are you going against the knowledge of God? How would you know you're going against the knowledge of God? Any area of your life where you have shame? How do you know you have shame? Uh, where do you feel like you're unworthy of love? And, lo- and where do you have uh, really painful feelings in your life? And where do you feel like you're unworthy of love and belonging? You know, oh man, if they, if God knew this about me, man, he would, you know, he would smite me or he would do this or that. Where do you feel that shame in your life? You got to start asking yourself these questions, you guys. So anyway, that is my take on how shame was formed in the garden. I think it's really, really important to kind of, you know, at least contemplate these things, you guys, because shame is always going to be there. You know, there's always, because we're not, 
we're not all knowing. We don't know everything. We're going to get manipulated. We're going to make decisions that, you know, we have a certain result. And like, that's not what I wanted. So you got to have a different relationship with those emotions that you have, right? With those painful emotions, feeling like you're disconnected, feeling like you're not worthy of love anymore. I'm sure Adam and Eve felt that once they went against the knowledge of God, that's why they hid from him, right? They're like, dang it, we weren't supposed to do that, right? But we got to pay attention to how God responds to them, not how we respond to God, right? We respond to God as in we're going to go hide from him. God, God will come after us, right? God will pursue us. It's just, are we acknowledging that, right? God's, God's will is that all would be saved. He says, I have not come to the world, come into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through me. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He has not come to condemn you. He's not come to point out your wrong. He's come to help you see how your wrong is impacting your life because God created you for life because he is life. But you've got to understand the thoughts that you entertain and how they're impacting you. So anyway, you guys, I'm going to get off this podcast. I just wanted to share that with you. Um, I think it's the foundation. If you don't understand shame and how it's present in your life and how you're struggling with it, then you are going to have a really hard time growing in every single one of these areas of bonding, maturity, setting boundaries. Um, What's the last one, you guys? Integrating is grace. You got to know where you need grace, right? So start, take some time, ask yourself these questions, write it down and start asking God where you need his practical wisdom. Start asking him how these thought patterns were even developed to begin with. Where did you, who told you the things that you're living by? Start challenging those things a little bit, especially if they're not bringing, producing anything good inside of you, right? If you have beliefs that are stealing, killing, and destroying, if you're burdened and shamed and condemned and frustrated, then there's a knowledge that you're living by that's not serving you and you've got to figure out what it is. Just start asking some questions, you guys. Start scrutinizing yourself in that way, right? Not to condemn yourself, but to get free from the shame that is condemning you. So anyway, you guys, I hope you have an awesome rest of the day. Thank you for checking out this podcast. I know it's a super long one, but um, I think it's relevant. So anyway, you guys, continue to subscribe, share, like the podcast. Um, the more you guys do that, the more it gets out to the universe. You guys, I want people to be free from the things that God came to redeem us from. It took me a really long time to learn this. So now I'm trying to walk you guys through the same process that he walked me through. So I hope it makes sense. Um, you guys check out uh, Soul Food Sunday on Sundays on YouTube. Subscribe to that channel so you guys can uh, jump on with us when we go live. Hit the notification bell two times. You can use your Gmail account to sign in. And uh, Facebook, look for Daily Encouragement with Ashley Campbell. Hit the like button on that page. Um, I share all kinds of content on there. And, uh, you know, um, when I go live on Fridays, Food Thought Friday, you guys can join me on there. You guys can, you know, see what this person looks like behind the mic um, and ask questions. And, you know, yeah, we can begin to, uh, you know, connect. And and uh, I'm getting distracted, you guys. I'm looking um, at my security cameras here and it looks like it's trying to snow. So that'll be interesting. Anyway, you guys, find me on social media, Instagram, Daily Encouragement, underscore Ashley. Find me on Instagram there too. So anyway, you guys, I'm going to pop off here. I hope you have an amazing rest of the day, and I will see you guys tomorrow.